This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose, great dribble by Don Vose, and still Vose, he gets past another, oh what a goal! Don Vose, one of the goals of the season, he has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable, the Buller Boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's not coming in! McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a black Friday, but today is a red Saturday! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Rob Ryan Red Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fay. I'm joined once again by Nathan Salt. Nathan, how are you doing? I'm good, Rich. It's good to be back. We have, we have an intro now. We, we're, we're flying, Rich. Yeah, it's nice. We've got another interview as well out last week with Adriano Moak, who I know a lot of you were happy to hear from. Um, I guess that's the route we're trying to go down, isn't it, Nathan? We're trying to speak oh, to the players who, who we liked watching ourselves. Yeah, I think they're really interesting. You know, all of these, you know, all of these, I know a lot of the fans have listened to uh, Mickey, Mickey was on with some of the other guys, and and we had Adriano on. I thought Adriano was really interesting. I thought uh, you know the reaction he he engaged on social media with with fans. I thought that was nice. Yeah, there were some nice comments, um, some some jibes at Mills still, which you know were to be expected. Uh, you It'd know, be good to get I Mills mean, on might, one day, wouldn't it? It might not. Be, I was gonna say it might not be popular, but I would love to get Gary on and just get his side of you know because for us as journalists it we get the most out of those interviews, I think. I think we enjoy, I'm speaking for both of us, but definitely for me, I I always envisioned that that's what I wanted to do on the pod. And so the first two, Chislevich, uh, one of my favourite players growing up, the Brighton goals, still one of my favourite Wrexham goals. And, and Adriana. off the bingo just, list. Yeah, I, I, I just thought that they were really, really interesting. And we, we've got some really good ones lined up. So I'm really excited about how it's, how it's going. Just appreciate all the support so far, all the downloads, really, really much appreciated. 
yeah, it goes without saying, please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. That is that is a way to help us at the moment. But we keep doing them. We're not really here for the numbers. We just do it because we want to. We want to talk about Wrexham. And Definitely. hopefully you at home just want to hear something about Wrexham. And hopefully it, it scratches that itch maybe when the, when the games aren't coming. But when we spoke to Adriana last week, I said to him, you know, his first game for Wrexham was against Bromley. It ended in defeat. Fittingly enough, that was recorded before Bromley. We'll probably maybe look at that as we sort of analyse the two games we've got coming this weekend, Nath. But just a brief word, mm. Bromley, what a win that was and what a spirited performance because for the first half an hour, it was maybe as bad as it gets into Keats. It looked so... We just looked like we were inviting the pressure pressure on again and we looked like we were just not set up against another sort of top-half team and, and tough opponents. Obviously, they've had the managerial sacking themselves and, and all that sort of fallout, which might maybe played in our hands a, a bit. But the, you've got to credit the lads the way they responded because that game, you know, it maybe wasn't didn't it didn't seem like it was there for the taking in the first half hour, but by the end it was almost a procession and it was one of the most comfortable wins you've seen all season. But if you look back and be a pessimist, it was far from comfortable. I mean, I I was watching it. I was kind of dazzled by the the new LED boards for a while and and the very funny messages that were coming across those. Uh, that was probably the only highlight of the first. 25 minutes as you say maybe half an hour you know Bromley were just all over us and I feel like we we were like a boxer not not willing to throw any punches we were just sort of I feel like we looked like we'd had 10 days off or whatever whatever it'd been I feel like we looked like do I don't you know think what that you was, thought, Rich. Yeah, but well, I guess my question yeah. to you is like, do you think that we give that as leniency for, for the fact that we had so so long off? Because I know on paper it's easy to say, okay, this set of lads have had that free weekend, so they should be fresh and ready to mm. go. But ask any player, they want to be playing with that sort of consistency and keep that momentum going, which which we've got growing at the moment. Yeah, so I maybe that was element, just a I bit think, of sluggishness yeah. rather than bad tactical approach from Keats. Because again, you mm. look at the lineup. And I was happy I think with the lineup. Rich. Yeah, I think the I was only complaint it. was why isn't Jarvis playing? You know, but then which, which is I think that's week. just a reoccurring fitness issue of him. Sure. I just don't think he's quite up to maybe playing full ninety every week. I think there's a there's a, there's a kind of you know he gets mentioned every week, but there's almost like a Devonte Redmond syndrome around Jarvis. I don't know if it is. You know, if Keats doesn't want to be too creative. You know, he, he's always wanted to be hard to beat, and so you know maybe he doesn't want to overindulge in these kind of attacking midfielders. I know he went with. Jordan Davis and second half we kind of went with just Jordan there first half it looked like we had Jordan and Luke Young kind of in advanced roles um I just thought what what struck me about Bromley they were just kind of passing it around dishing it around and we should have gone behind there's no make no mistake about it but when we when we got kind of in a rhythm I mean like you say it was a procession and you know I was I was delighted for Jordan to get his first goal you know, from the corner, it was a really well-worked set piece. And from then, it, we've, we've said it time and time again, once we get the goal, we seem to look a different team, completely relaxed, and players, you know, feel like they can play a bit more. And, you know, that first Dior goal, Dior Angus's first goal... Which was your favourite? I thought... The first one, I thought that was... Really? Mine's the yeah, second. Mine's the second, I mean, just because the angle, yeah, I think. Yeah, no, there's something about that first one that just kind of coming over the shoulder. He, he he didn't, you know, it would have been easy, I think, for Dior, given how it's gone for him in the last few weeks, to sort of snatch at these chances. Maybe not the second one because he'd already scored, but that first one, he could easily have put that into the back of the, the cop. Or but, like know, Kelleher, where it's Sutton, you know, when he just, yeah, he had the, just kind of, it wasn't quite the same, but he had that ball mm, at the top, didn't he? And it was no, a right. centre-back's finish. But if that was Dior with the sort of ice pumping through his veins who knows what happens but just I just complete the finesse one. yeah the second one the second one is technically probably a better goal 
I also like love. It's just, it's I mean, clean. You know, it's such a clean strike that one. Yeah, when, the angle, like you say. Yeah, I think maybe like quite a few Wrexham fans as well. I'm sort of one of these people who's had to relocate to the tech end as well. So I would have been like dead center right. in the goal behind that. And it, mm. I just always feel like when I go watch, like when you go, go watch the town, you want to see them attacking the tech end second half and you want that yeah. moment of magic. But I feel like almost every big game I can sort of recollect over the last couple of years at least, it's always been down the other end, you know, in front of the cop and... Yeah, the goal down yeah, is I'm great, obviously, but I, and I can't wait to be standing there again. But while I'm in the tech end, I want the great goal scored right in front of me. Obviously, we've had I, some young I mean, specials. Been, we've had some. There have been, that there been some great strike, ones. But. Yeah, there have been some great ones. I mean, the club shared that clip of uh, the the Luke Young screamer. It was against Bromley, I think. Um, yeah. It kind of like the volley that was like headed headed back. To Those him. seem to always score at that end. I know we had that last minute the, winner the down won, in, yeah. in, the, in the cop. He had two against yeah. Gateshead. He had the Woking free kick, which I loved. I, I think as well the Andy Morell goal at home against Brighton. Um, I think he yeah. curls it from uh, you know that that one in front of the I was paddock was unbelievable. I, I'm I'm a paddock fan usually like so I would have been to be honest when I first started for... going I didn't know where the paddock was but uh, right right yeah I've always I, been I, tech yeah. that since I've sort oh. of started going properly you know obviously when I, when the cop was in use properly I wasn't going every week but mm. when it's been my sort of loyal following Rex I've always been in the tech end and in a yeah. way like that's gonna be one of the weird things for me because like I know historically the cop is the place to be and I, I want sure. to be part of that heritage going forward but you know the older way end that's where I that's basically where yeah. I reside I, and it's I mean weird. for me I go, I, I go to so many away games for Wrexham um just because of a kind of location and we've said it time and time again probably a debate for another show I'd love to hear people's list you know listeners um favorite away day memories just because for me there's something just special about going nothing against the race course or anything like that but it's just different being a home team um there's and, that adventure to an away day isn't there yeah you go yeah. out early doors you've had a few tins down you, and then you just go and spoil someone else's party and every team wants to take points off us and that's maybe been the weirdest thing being accustomed to non-league for so long is we are the the scalp whereas when we're in the mm. football league we weren't the scalp do you know what I mean? Like no. some some weeks we were, some t- some weeks we weren't, and but every week teams want to beat us, and now that we've got the takeover as well, we're even more of a scalp, and it's just for lazy major teams to post a bloody Ryan Reynolds gif at full time yeah. when they beat us, yeah. ignoring the fact we've only signed two players since they've but, been interested. Talk, and t- talking of talking of away days, did did I see you last last season at, at Notts County? I did go to that game. I went to that Devontae as well because Devonte Redmond saved yeah, the day with a, yeah, a great goal, but there. when I saw the yeah. replay, the keeper. Made it look a, a bit worse than it was, but yeah, I, I mean, I didn't sure watch I any replays. I, in my mind, that's a brilliant finish, and I won't, I won't be told otherwise. Yeah, Rich, not so you're not, not, not counting was good. Didn't realize they had trams in Nottingham. Went to Hooters for for pretty much pints, which was an <laughs> Hooters, experience. Yeah, Hooters. Never been to one in my life. Don't think I'm gonna go to one again. But uh, yeah, that yeah. was. I remember that just seeing a load of Wrexham fans piling out of Hooters pre-match. It's really kind of Nottingham's a, 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 in my opinion, a really great city. Everything's like obviously there's two stadiums a, it's got a Hooters, either side it's got a train. either side of the train. Yeah, well, what do you want? He's got you got train station Hooters, the town. Um, but no, joking aside, it you know just to throw it ahead now to to what would have been an, one of our away days, Notts County on Friday. You know Easter Friday. It's um, oh, it was an absolutely it's a, class, it's a big one. It? It's a bit. It would have been it would have been unbelievable. This kind of weekend we've had Solihull in the past and we've had you know Stockport or all these different games. It, York. I remember so, Forest. I swear Forest Green was Forest, Easter Monday away when I we did not finished, do that. We finished with nine men. I remember doing it, and oh, I did not go to that one. One of their like officials called 
us on the media team a very bad swear word, which even I wouldn't right. say on this podcast. It's one of the worst ones because wow. um, one of us wore, wore a shirt to, as In press. The press box. Oh, wow. Well, there wasn't okay. actually a press box. Um, right. Was, okay. I, we were commentating in the stand, but their press guy, um, one of their press guys called one of our team a very bad swear wow. word. Wow. And yeah, if there was another reason to hate Forest Green, add that to your list. Um, I'll but... add it to the list. Well, it's a big game, Richard. I mean, look, you, they've got a new manager. We've spoken a lot kind of off mic about... And they made you know, me sort managers. of feel better about our FA Trophy final defeat because at least they got beaten in the semis by... On penalties at home. After know, leading it... three times in the game and conceding yeah, in the that's... 120th minute to take it to pens. And not only that, I mean, you know, they've obviously got the disappointment of going out to Hornchurch. They're at home again. So they've got three home games in a week. You've got the FA Trophy to Hornchurch. They lose that on penalties. They've been leading three times. You're at home again on the Tuesday night where you're Older playing Aldershot. And what was that? They're One behind nil. penalty, was penalty, it? fourth yeah. minute, and they, 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 they lose that game at home. And so it's us next, you know, and Notts County are right there with us. Two games less they've played and one point separates us. So, you know, there's... This weekend, every game now, Dean said it himself, every game now is huge. But these two games in particular feel like they will give us a good indicator of just where we are in terms of potential playoff opponents, potential rematches come May. Where do we stand? Um, there's some talk that, that Notts County will try and get a midfielder in before the game. Um, you know, win, if win, you're ever bored, have... just go to Notts County's Twitter account and just look at all the <laughs> quote tweets or replies because it is a toxic place at the moment. We've seen it at our club as well. You know, yeah, it happens, um, Rich. It happens. It happens. It's, it, they're, it's they're struggling. Yeah, they're yeah. struggling to get. You know, we're very much used to the fifth tier now. The their fan base is very much struggling to. And they're another club accept. who obviously they've had a historic past and they've got the history of being such an old club like us. But they're also another team, maybe something we were guilty of when we got relegated, that they're living in the past. It counts for absolutely mm. nothing. There's a reason you're in the fifth tier. You can't start crying and saying you've had hard luck against you. You're just not doing something right. And that's what they are at the moment. I think they had a bit of a reality check, you know, that how difficult it is. Because every time a team gets relegated or a team gets promoted, they'll say how difficult the non-league is. And particularly with the, the promotion sort of shit show where only two teams go up, it makes it a bit more difficult doesn't it but it really is just a horrible horrible league and i've it more is, than had enough it of it and i can't wait to look back on it with sort of rose tinted spectacles because at the moment mm. i bloody hate it and i i don't want to i don't want to necessarily give up i know only a couple of pods ago we were we were talking about you know maybe given our form could we have a, a crack at the title i now i honestly can't look beyond something now they're pulling out results every game it feels like you know they're behind they come back and salvage a draw. They, they manage to nick a late winner. And they've got that experience, you know haven't they, of, of, of being hard quite to consistent stomach, over the last few years. It's hard, it's hard to stomach, Rich. I mean, they've got some good fans, don't get me wrong, and, and you can have some good debates on Twitter. But, it, it you know, and, and this is maybe, you know, I'm guilty of what Notts County fans are doing now. I'm, I'm living in the past. There's no reason why Sutton, with the team they've built, can't go up. But it's, I feel like how I felt when, when Boreham Wood got to the playoff final. Well, you look um, at the bloody I just feel like, you know, these... now. You've got Barrow and Harrogate there. Like, no yeah. offence to them. I know they've got good fans as well, and they're unique sure. in their own special ways. But they ain't. Uh, I mean, they're not one of the old boys. But let's yeah. just be hypocritical for a minute, because I've just been saying how Notts County live in the past, and no, now I have them as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, we've it's, got to reality. You know? Yeah, we've got to face that reality. And the reality is, we're still quite 
quite a lot. Just a bang average non-league side. We've been here for so long. We've had so few seasons that have had sort of promotion to fight for at the tail end of them as well. You know, a realistic chance of going up. And these ne- this weekend could could define the whole season really because mm, it'll either for me. yeah we're either playoff pretenders or playoff contenders. And yeah. you've got Notts County and Torquay. Two of the best Huge sides games. this season, two of the most experienced sides. Okay, they've had their own drop drops off in form respectively. But okay, we've beaten Bromley, but we're still not. We, although we play like Brazil nineteen seventy at times, we're still not. You know, we're not there, and we're still pretty low down in the in the playoff picture. We could easily drop out, yeah. which is something that's always playing on the back of my mind because of the games in hand and teams not having played that, sure. and the fact the Dover win was expunged. You know, it's yeah. It's so I feel like, I feel like I, it's it's very difficult, and I feel like for me, because of what we went through in terms of the Eastley game and just like the heartbreak that that brought, and you know we had that goal decided, we won't need to go over that one again. But I feel like that was just another reminder of why it's so important to get that top three finish. We just need one home game to between us and Wembley. You know, you need to limit the amount of obstacles. We, we were putting too we're putting too many hurdles in our way if we if we kind of tail off now and we've said you know i've texted you before that it for me now if we don't get the playoffs this season's been a failure absolutely there's no there's absolutely. no there's and no sugar coating it the worry that we've got now as well is from a Wrexham point of view we can say as fans who watch us every week that okay we finished sixth or seventh and we haven't gone up we'll take maybe that as progress next thing we've got to go up but we've also now got the pressure of the outer wide world and it's just going to annoy me when you've got other outlets who don't watch their week saying Rex have missed out on promotion have Ryan and Rob made a bad decision all that sort of crap like just mm. we know what to expect from Wrexham and that's the unexpected ironically I don't want to get too carried away with myself just to be in the playoffs would be a bloody treat you know I know we won't yeah. be able to watch them and there's so much up in the air about how the, the season will, will sort of come to an end still I just mm. want us to to be in the mix that's all I want because if you're it's in the mix then got, you're always now. going to have that chance even if you know your own team's vulnerabilities and the traits that always come back to haunt us but like you said Nath you can get a top three finish you've got a team at home we've played pretty decently at home this season and the thing which we need to do this weekend is if we can beat one of those teams going into the playoffs yeah. and playing a team yeah. you know you've already beaten as well in the campaign is a huge confidence boost and hopefully we can get one of those this week. I've, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling that we. This sounds very pessimistic. I've got a feeling that we will draw away at, at Notts County do on Friday. Did, do, I mean, I didn't do this. Beat one. Torquay. That's what I think. I think do we'll you. come away with four. I think we'll because Torquay. I haven't followed many of their games, but when I look at them away from home, the, the last two away games I was looking at, they lost to Dagenham last time at one nil. That was a very close game that I was kind of following just because we were playing them, it was coming up. And, you know, they got they got pumped 4-1 by Maidenhead. So Not even we did that. So, you know, they, they're winning their home games, what people realise, and people don't, you know, they're travelling a long way to get to playing more. I think that's still what it's called. Yeah, don't, don't know that, that's one of the things so, which you, fans probably... And you don't always take into consideration. It is a hell of a journey. That is and a hell of a journey. I have to do it every single week in this league. I've never made that. I've, ne- I've never gone to Torquay. I've been to, I've been Dover. I've been Eastleigh. Didn't we have Torquay? Excuse me if I'm wrong. We did that Torquay when the game got postponed about an hour before kickoff, a couple of hours before kickoff. 
I, I vaguely recall that. I just remember we had these horror journeys, but I've never been to Plainmore. I can, I can Did you do, I'm thinking of Wrexham on, on BT Sport, and that's how I sort of categorise this year, this, this this period. And every time Wrexham seems to play on BT Sport, the one the games that I've watched, because I've not been able to get to, as a stadium, I don't think I've seen his win on BT Sport. Um, like I really don't think I have seen his win mm. on BT Sport, other than I that. I think, have I? I couldn't I... do that Chester away when we won and Pearson scored, which is one of my lifetime regrets. Nah. However, I do you remember? That, yeah, I watched that at university. I remember. Do you remember Dagnum away when we were three 0 down at half time and Schwan Jalal still got man of the match? I didn't go to that one. I don't think. That was. I remember. It. Of course, I, I remember, remember it. giving it the big one. I had. I told so many of my friends to watch that game. It was absolute. I think it was Bradley Bradley Reed's second debut for the club. Bradley Reed. Which is, yeah. That's knowledge you don't need to know. And if you listen to this <laughs> as a as a Wrexham fan, maybe a newer one. Don't go researching that season, but yeah, I think Schwan Jalal got my other match, and we still we were three 0 down at half time. It was, it was awful. Like you said, though, Nate, four points from this weekend. That's what I think. A superb re- return. Yeah. I can't see it happening. You I don't, really you don't can't. Think that. I um, see three both... points. I don't right. know which game that's from. Right. I, I don't see us coming from both games unbeaten. To be honest. What, how come, given the former in, what's got you kind of pessimistic? What's on your mind, Rich? Well, it's the fact that, you, like I, like we said, I am a pessimist by nature. I think you've got to be when you're a Wrexham fan. But that first hmm, half an true. hour against Bromley was still very unconvincing for me. Yeah, yeah. If you but the really second, want but to... the second half of that, you know, do you not think yeah, that... but is that because we were winning and we've got that added confidence? You know, if we go into one of these games and there's a, a, a decision that goes against us, a bad refereeing call, a dodgy penalty, maybe an ambitious shot from distance which is spilled or whatever, and they pounce on it. I'm not sure this team always has that mentality to come back yet. And it's something we're working on, and I've been pleased this season with the fighting spirit which has been instilled. And certainly... I mean, ironically, since that win bonus has been imp- implemented, we seem to be much better at it, which mm. maybe says a worrying story of its own. But I think it is just coincidence, to be honest. I just, I'm a pessimist. That's that's my that's my answer. And if I go into it saying we're going to lose one game and then we don't, I'll be having a bloody good Easter weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's like you say, you've kind of naturally got to be quite pessimistic. But I think as well, I think we're we're kind of peaking at the right time. Yeah, you know, like as much as we wanted to come flying out the traps we've been in this league too long it doesn't last you know these kind of it's very patchy it's not a good division this is one of the worst national leagues i can remember that's the the other factor isn't it and there isn't a team in there that i think is amazing no and almost every season i think the quality gets worse and worse in the national league and i know i've complimented it saying it's a difficult league to get out of which i think it is because there's so many teams who are there or thereabouts but there's there's over the last few years, there's not been one team who you say, okay, they thoroughly deserve to win the league. They've been heads and shoulders above everyone else. I remember even the season, I think it's probably started from when Macclesfield went up last. Yeah. I remember thinking was... they weren't that great. Yeah. I know they were efficient and they, like us, had a good run towards the end, but there's just a real lack of, of quality. And I guess it all stems to, like Adriano Moak said, there was that Cheltenham team who had 101 points, I think. We had the Fleetwood team. We had us finishing second on 98. They were teams who, you know, they should have gone up because they were just relentless and a class above anyone else in the, in the division. But at the moment, there isn't. And to win this league, it's that buzzword again. It is just consistency. If you can grind out results, you don't have to be spectacular. I think we do have those match winners now, as, as Angus has proven. I think that strike force, Thomas and Angus, did not see that coming. But my God, no. it's superb that's i mean that i feel like they're perfect kind of foil for one another you know kwame 
isn't he never will be uh, you know a, a lethal marksman he's never going to be this sniper but we don't need him to be we need him to provide the muscle the kind of the hold up play i was watching for work the i had to watch i had to watch scotland play the other day for example and God, you know they, just, how much do they pay you I know, right? So I watched, I watched Scotland, and I thought it was just really interesting when you watch different games on Wrexham, and it made me think about Wrexham, actually. And I watched Lyndon Dykes and, and Shea Adams, and it was like, that's how I feel about Kwame and, and Dior. It's like, we have the pace in Dior. I mean, Kwame's not no slouch, don't get me wrong. But, you know, Kwame's strength, in my opinion, is his strength and is his hold-up, and the way he can just... Like, that goal um, that he scored... Who was that against? Uh, when Luke Young put the cross in, only a few weeks ago, Eastley. Probably, yeah. I know. I, I, know, exa- I know the goal. You, you know, mean, yeah. you know the game. I've, I've, I've forgotten. The um, superb touch on the wing gives it to Young. That was it. And yeah. but that's it. It's exactly. It's that kind of. He can drop deep. He can. And I think I, I really didn't see it coming. Start of the season, I was. I have lots of text still there, very dismissive of Kwame Thomas, and you know, I'm. If anything, I'm absolutely ecstatic that I'm wrong about that. I've never been happier to be wrong about a player because he is. Like you say, with a lot of this team, the, the frustration is that we haven't been there to see them properly, you know? That's what and annoys that, me. It's the, yeah. it's the mini travesty of the season is that no matter what happens, I mean, I've the, the good thing with the takeover is it's not necessarily just about buying players. It's about retaining them. So hopefully this summer, the likes of Angus, even Thomas, Reese Hall-Johnson, Young, you know, we can keep those players and have that no matter what happens as the core sort of nucleus for next season. And we, we take it from there. I'm, I'm not sure which players are under contract and stuff anyway. I know some of you will be well up to date with that. I, I mm. just really am not. I don't no, know who no. is contract and stuff. I, I will find that out for a future episode. I promise. But yeah, it's it's mm. going to be to see those players play. And like you said, the thing with Thomas is we... We would hate him if he was playing against us because he's... 100%. He, you don't you know what I mean? We'd absolutely hate him. And I think so often when you look at a player like him, it's so easy to say, this is what he doesn't do. But you've got to take a step back and say, but this is what he does do. And what he does do is very effective. He's a no-nonsense striker who is excelling at this level because he ticks every box required to be... I guess what the word is effective in in the non-league and we're not asking them to be a potent striker we're not asking them to get 20 goals a season we're asking them to you know just rough it up the opposition defenders and create that space have those intelligent runs and hold the ball up to get faster players in behind and he's doing that at the moment and it's the dirty work It's it's the dirty work it's the dirty work that a lot of strikers ultimately strikers get judged on goals that that's inevitable that comes with the territory but there are other strikers out there I know I I used to always hate it when people would say that. You know, when people would talk about, say, players like a Danny Welbeck. Nothing against Danny Welbeck, but people would always say his link-up was actually better than his finishing. And I always used to think, that's nonsense. That's ridiculous. You know, strikers are judged on goals. But, you know, the more I've kind of watched, the the more that it's not just about having... You need a marksman, sure. But if you're in a front two like that, you need chalk and cheese. You need that foil to, to... to balance it out, you, you can't just have two strikers that they never get the, they never be able to keep the ball. Um, exactly, and that's and so, what we saw last night. Recording this on Wednesday, we saw that last night with Wales. Kiefer Moore, we were crying out for him against Czech Republic. Exactly. In the end, you know, it was Dan James with that bullet head, and no one saw coming hmm. that won the game. And another sort of example in sort of real life, you got like Mandzukic, who was always sort of used on the left wing and thrown about up front when he was at Juve, and Giroud Definitely. at Chelsea. They're link up yeah. strikers. They're there to be that focal point and to bring others into play. And yeah, they're like important. Said, 
important really players, important. important parts of the team. Really important. And I'm, I'm glad that Kwame is is getting the credit that he deserves. There's a lot of good players there at the minute. I mean, Jordan Davis is looks reborn. I think since since. Um, just as March, kind of, it's, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we had that like spring that has given him a spring in the step. He's just we, been we, completely we had different that combo. We had that combo where we were very critical that remember there was that counter attack that he kind of turned back and and didn't play the ball. And we came on here and we didn't slaughter him, but we, we were very critical of just like he's not believing in himself, he's not confident. But ever since then, he's just got that belief. I don't know if Dean said to him, "Look, you're a great player. Go out there and show us," you know, because he looks like he's playing there with a bit of freedom. Uh, really good to see. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. I guess the final two players to talk about, Leighton and Pearson, back with a bang, did exactly oh, what Pearson was. Pearson My... is a you know, class is permanent with Sean but Pearson. Ha- but I how the hell no do we doubt. fit him into the team? Because who, who deserves to drop out? I don't know. Either Kelleher, Vassell or French. Surely I, one I, has to drop out. I do not know who goes. For me, if you play Pearson, you have to play French alongside him because Pearson doesn't have that pace and it's, it's too... That, you know he he'll win everything in the air, but if they play the ball down the side of him, he he's a risk. He's a liability in my opinion. Yeah, and um, what I'd say is, I think personnel, my dream back three would be Pearson, Kelleher, and French. But I think that Kelleher and Pearson, do you know I mean? I think similar. they're the interchangeable ones. Yeah. So I think it's similar. Kelleher or Pearson. Yeah, you can't play both. And, Which and is a real shame, shame but... because Kelleher's been one of our players of the season. He's really unfortunate, but for me, he's probably third behind Hall Johnson and Young as player of the season. But for me, Kelleher has been superb, and I'd say probably he's technically a better defender than Vassell, but they're different types of defenders. I feel like you can't play Pearson and Kelleher, which is unfortunate, but for me, what Pearson brings, he showed. He's been out for a long, long time. We've done well without him, don't get me wrong, but what he showed, I mean, he won everything. He's He's just a classy operator, and this idea that people have written him off, that he's, you know, like... He's completely finished. It's just absolute nonsense. Um, it's like the same and, people and he, who were writing Aaron Ramsey off for Wales last night, saying, "Don't take him to the yeah. Euros." What are you? It's Sean. It's, nonsense. it's Sean Pearson. Like, yeah, it's Sean Pearson. Is for is me, a he's still like the first player. name on the team sheet. It's Sean yeah. Pearson. Like, if he's fit, he'd play. You know, him and Lainton, the two I pick every single week without fail. And I know there was a lot made of, you know, it was harsh on Dibble and Dean said himself though. Ultimately, Christian Dibble's problem is that Dean Keats believes that Rob Lainton is the best goalkeeper in the National League. And so no one will get in ahead of him. Exactly, and that's, that's what you've got to is. do. You've got to have that. And I get as a manager, you've got to have these man management abilities where you can give equal opportunities. But at the end of the day, Dean Keats is paid to win football matches and you're going to win a hell of a lot more of Lainton than Pearson on the pitch. I still think, like he, like Dean probably thinks, in goal, none better than Lainton in the National League. In defence, I don't think there's anyone better than Pearson on his day mm. either. So why would you not use them every week? Obviously, you've got yeah. to try and manage Pierce a bit more carefully. Sure, and whether sure. he played both games this weekend is, is another question, particularly the fact he's, he's just come back. But definitely expect to see him in one of them. And yeah, bloody great to have them back. They could be crucial in ensuring that the season isn't just a good season, but a great season. Right, Rich. It's time. We, we don't do these, actually, when we have the guests on, just because we're trying to maximise our time with them. But a blast from the race course past. Now, you, you did it last week, or the last time we spoke. Yeah, yeah who knows? Week. Who knows when it was? And Thank you if you have been listening that if you, if you, Thanks if you're getting these, by the way. I mean, I'm doing terrible, and Rich is doing far better than me. I gave him a kind of the easy one a few weeks ago with Simon Heslop. But today, we're looking at about a decade ago, 2010-11. So we're looking around that, that squad. 
you know, before we kind of went on the rampage with the 98 points. Now, here are a couple of clues, Rich. I'm hoping you don't get it straight away. My yeah, concern is that I, I, okay, you go for it, but I will. You I think will... you think I've already got? You think you're you already know me so well that you know who I'm going to pick? Yeah, I do. I generally okay. do. Okay, so I, my first clue is that this player, in 2009, so the year before he joined, was in the League Two Team of the Year. Okay. Okay. He started off his career at an amateur team. He started off his professional career even. He got demoted to an amateur team called Tower Hearts. Okay. Among his clubs on his resume, you have Coventry City, Bristol Rovers, Wickham, and a loan spell at Shrewsbury. They were just a smattering of the clubs before he joined Wrexham. Dean Saunders came out and defended this player based on abuse from supporters uh, following a game uh, game soon after his debut. Um, what else can I tell you about this player? He is... So he finished his career, but he, he played nine times for Wrexham in the 2010-11 season. Nine times. Nine times. He finished his career in 2018 with Oxford United having played one game. One measly game. International-wise, he played one game for the Scotland B team. That's that's the height of this player's uh, career. And in honours, this, this player has honours on Wikipedia. We've got two honours uh, with Rotherham United, a League One playoff winner, 2013-14, and a League Two promotion in 2012-13 when he left Wrexham. So we've got a Scot who... Played nine times at Wrexham under Dean Saunders in 2010-11. Started his career at um, Tower Hearts. Was in the 2009 League to play, play a team of the season. And was formerly a teammate of Dean Keats at Wickham. So have you got any thoughts based on the squad that you I mean... may or may Let's get this out of the way. I did not. You did go... not have it. No. No, I did not uh, think he was the play where. Okay. I was convinced you were going to go for Obi Honorary. Or. Uh, no, I I thought about you know I thought I didn't do it, but I was thinking about purely because we should have a very similar first name to do Nat Knight Percival, but I thought you know I think he's it was one of my birthday favorite players. Today or yesterday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to Nat Knight Purcell. Yeah. Uh, one of my favourite players. Well, that's one for another day. Yeah, but converted no. from a, a winger to a centre-back. Oh, what and, a player. I'd, I'd love to get him on the pod. He'd be one nice one fun fact for those of you who care. None of you will care about this. <laughs> I remember When I was playing, I think it was Football Manager 11 or 13. I can't quite remember which. I had, the, I had an FA Trophy final against Newport County. And right. from centre-back, Percival scored a hat-trick for me. Which Unbelievable. Was talking a football manager, JJ Hooper and Adi Youssef just absolutely shredded the division, made it look like a walk in the park. But that's I think maybe that's day. part of the football problem as well, isn't it? Like that's another feature. Man- you yeah. and football manager saves. I okay, always so, get sacked. Um, so the last, think. the last clue, the last clue here. This will give it away a bit, but shares a name or shares part of a name with a match of the day pundit. Okay. Yes, I so think you I should know, have yeah. it now. There you go. That's a clue. And you know, I feel like some listeners may have found it difficult. A very niche pick from that squad, and so you'd hope that you've now figured it out. 
Is it Scott Shearer? It is Mr. Scott Shearer, former goalkeeper. Yeah, God, that is an absolute deep dive. I was not expecting that. that. You've got your own back. And if it wasn't for that that last question, you would have had me absolutely stumped. So I think you can count Um, that as a victory. Scott Shearer joins our dream team of Wrexham rejects. Wow. What what, what a pick that is. Scott Shearer. You know, it's back up to Chris Maxwell. I mean, that's a great show, I think. Scott Shearer. Danny Ward Ward at the club still then as well. 2010-11. I think he was um, just about coming through, was it? I don't know that. This is the type of thing you should point, research I, before you come on there. Should, I, I just did a, I just did a deep dive into Scott Shearer. I was reading lots and lots of articles about Scott Shearer, so I was quite happy that I managed to make the clues not too obvious. I was kind of wounded by my Simon Heslop effort. That was a really poor effort, actually. And so I needed to get Nisha, and I've delivered. Yeah, we, But Rich, um, we'll, Rich, we'll be back soon. We've got, we've got lots of pods coming up and a big weekend to react to. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute exciting one. So I hope you all enjoy your Easter eggs. I hope Wrexham give you two treats as well this Easter bank holiday weekend. Notts County on the Friday. On BT Sport, the early kickoff as well. I'm going to have to try rearrange my work schedule and avoid a Manchester United press conference to watch <laughs> that one. But I will be tuning in and then talking at home on the Monday as well. It is going to be a huge, huge weekend. Nay, thanks very much for joining us again. No problem. Thanks for having me, Rich. And thanks very much for listening at home as well. As always, please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. It really does help us out. Please get involved on Twitter as well, at Rob Ryan Red. We've got an email as well, which will be linked in the bio below. That's all for now. Enjoy your weekend. Come on, the town. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.